0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 178th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revlad Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: Uh, pretty good, Cameron. I got to confront you really quick. I just thought of this. Oh, jeez. Uh, I think you might be telling a lie sometimes whenever you say it's beautiful Springfield, Missouri. Well, yeah. Because it's just it's cold. It's
0: Every day is a beautiful gift. <laughs> Kyle.
1: Okay. I agree with that. <laughs> Just, no, I've got you on board. Yes, I'm on board. Continue with uh with your intro as as always.
0: Uh this week we are talking basketball pretty much exclusively. There's a little bit of football news, so if that's what you're all about, we'll get that we'll get you in right at the beginning here. If you don't like basketball, don't stick around, but we wish you would. We got, some, we got a lot to say.
1: little mixed signals there.
0: Well, do whatever you want. We'll be here for you regardless. We got some
1: complaining to do.
0: That is true. <laughs> uh, before we get into all of that, of course, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to us. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. If, uh, if our complaining later just really uh, hits you the wrong way, let us know why we're wrong. And you can support the podcast directly... On Patreon, and you can find information there: patreon.com/slash/missouri sports pod, patreon.com/slash/missouri sports pod. Kyle, there's still transfer news trickling in. Um, <clears throat> last week, we kind of recapped all the transfers that have committed to Mizzou uh, in the last couple weeks, and uh, the the program kind of made some social media posts and stuff, just kind of welcoming this transfer class into the fold for next football season. They're not done though. And, uh, there are some new names to keep track of. Um, where do you want to start with that? You think, or I can pick a name. We can go from there. Yeah, pick a name. So we already have one hopper that has committed to Mizzou. Uh, that was, um, Tyrone Hopper from North Carolina. And now we have Tyron Hopper. Uh, previously of the Florida Gators, Mm -hmm. and he visited Mizzou. Uh, Why don't you tell us about him a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think he just recently visited campus. Uh, So kind of an interesting story, he entered the transfer transfer portal uh, maybe like last week, and was in the portal for, I kid you not, like a matter of minutes before withdrawing his name and returning to Florida, He, he never left obviously. Uh, and then was back in the portal like a week later and is visiting Mizzou and this if, if he does commit to Mizzou this will be almost like a gift from God because he's a linebacker we're in desperate need and uh, he was a highly ranked recruit I think he was like a 6.0 like 4 star uh, on rivals coming out of high school uh, really high ceiling guy and I it genuinely felt like Florida did not want to lose this guy and we're pretty devastated whenever he announced the second time that he was for sure transferring this time. And uh, I do think Missouri will need to probably fight off Auburn for Hopper, but having his, I guess, I think it's a relative of some kind. I think it's his, his cousin, maybe uh, Tyrone Hopper already committed to Missouri, obviously really helps the cause. So if we could land Tyrone Hopper, that'd be, that'd be awesome.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, and it seems like we got a little bit of an advantage getting him on campus already. So maybe they can close the deal. Um, another linebacker, I believe, uh, named Ian Matthews. Is that right?
1: Uh, Ian Matthews is a defensive lineman, I believe, from okay. transfer from Auburn. And I think he was only there for one year and didn't, didn't appear in any games, I don't believe. But He's transferring from Auburn and Missouri. Had an in-home visit with him the other night. I think Coach Drink and Coach Al Davis went out to go see him. So seems like we could be in a good position with with uh, Ian Matthews.
0: Was there another linebacker somewhere? that? I, am yeah. I losing it?
1: Yeah, I don't remember his name at the top. Oh, right I,
0: I think I'm just thinking of the guy that is transferring from Louisiana. Right. And uh, is he, he's announcing soon, maybe? I think maybe? so. In the I've, next few days. I'll be honest. I've kind of written him off as not coming to mizzou is he
1: a florida lean you think that's
0: kind of what i think but i guess there's still a chance yeah. i don't i don't know for sure
1: yeah it might be very possible that you know some of the inner workings of recruiting you know when you got one spot for a certain position mizzou might be kind of eyeing hopper for that spot so they may have told him to wait a little bit and so and mizzou might have gotten good news from hopper so they might have told this other guy find somewhere else yeah <laughs> in and, nicer uh, terms
0: yeah and florida is apparently in need of a linebacker as right. well uh let's see who else do i have here we talked about matthews uh tyler stevens uh he is a tight end
1: yeah uh tyler stevens uh tight end from buffalo and he i had his stats in (coughs) front of me a little while ago but don't now i think he had a a touchdown and like 150 yards receiving or something last year yeah
0: only like maybe 15 receptions or something Yeah,
1: nothing crazy at all um but you know looking at Buffalo's team from last year, it looked like they were really run heavy, ran the ball the majority of the time. I think like you know 30 of their 45 touchdowns on the year were, were on the ground and so they, they were just really trying to run the ball a lot and did it pretty well. And uh, a familiar name is Benz Polgar, who we talked about last week. He is now a Missouri Tiger and so those guys were former teammates and Missouri's desperate for a tight end so it looks like they're just kind of looking for a body right now.
0: Six six two twenty nine, according to Buffalo's official roster. Um, that'll play. And uh, a long reception of 35 yards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely looks like um, Ryan Horsecamp is in line for some major snaps next year. And so hopefully he's ready.
0: Okay. That's all the transfer news. I believe we have had some, uh, well, I guess rivals, uh, the recruiting database updated their, um, rankings for high school recruits and a few Missouri commits. Got a little bit of a bump. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, Marquis uh, is now a, is rated at 5.9 four star player and 116th best player in the country in his class, according to rivals. Luther Burden still staying strong there in the top five nationally of all positions. He's listed at number four overall. And DJ Weslack is now uh, has a 5.8 rating uh, as a four-star, 182nd um, nationally in his class.
1: Yeah, Weslack actually went down to a three-star on Rivals for a little while and then had a really nice showing at the All-American Bowl in January. So. He uh, returned to a four-star status, so I don't know. I mean, that doesn't really affect, like, the team rankings or anything too much, but nice to see a couple guys get a little little bump.
0: Yeah, I think on 24-7 sports, we're still sitting at, like, 12th nationally and 5th in the SEC, but, uh, you know, honestly, we could inch closer to Kentucky for the four spot. They have, like, three or four more commitments than we do for the class. So if we filled that in with a few more three stars, it's possible we may creep a little bit closer to Kentucky, but um, it would take something pretty big at this point to vault Missouri into the top 10. Uh, But top 15 works for me just fine. Is that all you got for news before we jump right into basketball?
1: That's all I can think about right now.
0: Okay, so uh, Missouri played two games since we last spoke uh, one against Alabama, one against Auburn. The Alabama game, uh, they lost that one 86 to 76. It was a little bit of a roller coaster late. Uh, Missouri had a 10 point lead with under 10 minutes to play, uh, but um, Alabama cut it to five there just a couple minutes later. And then they went on an 18-3 to run to end the game. Uh, like I said, the final score is 86-76. And um, the biggest story, in, uh, in my opinion, in that game was free throws. Um, Missouri shot five free throws, made three of them. Alabama, on the other hand, shot 29 free throws and made 21 of them. And this is true, despite the fact Alabama shot three more three pointers than Mizzou.
1: Yeah, Cam, this is going to be <laughs> a little bit of a theme this episode. Unfortunately, uh, is the refs in both of the games that Missouri played this week? Um, but you have a good point. Um, when both teams are playing man-to-man, especially like in a college, ba- in a competitive college basketball game, I just can't see any scenario unless you've got like a team that's just shooting like 53s a game or something I, I i can't imagine a scenario that we should realistically have a 29 to 5 differential and free throws shot that i mean that is unbelievable and I and then even,
0: factoring in the fact that actually alabama shot more threes
1: than mizzou exactly and uh mizzou actually shot better from three and from two than alabama in this game they made more three-pointers they made more two-pointers there was Better percentage wise. So, Missouri, in my opinion,'s offense was good enough to win this game, uh, but the free throw disparity was just backbreaking.
0: Yeah, I would say the defense for Missouri kind of let them down late. Uh, it looked much better early on and then kind of saw some of the same stuff as the first. Um, and speaking of the first matchup, I'm pretty sure I predicted that uh, Alabama would score 86 points and Missouri would not score 91 because uh, Alabama scored 86 in the first matchup. Anyway. They
1: scored 86 in the second one? Yeah. Oh, wow. You really did I predict <laughs> that. I remember you saying that. Last um,
0: week. So I feel like Missouri's defense kind of broke down late, and Alabama was just kind of getting whatever they want at the rim, yeah. and that's that was true for both teams in the first matchup. Right. And Javon Quinterly just torched us, and he struggled early, but then he turned it on, was getting to the rim at yeah. will, and – yeah, they were just finishing plays, and Missouri's offense was... Um, I mean, they scored... Missouri scored nine points in the final 10 minutes to Alabama's 30.
1: Yeah, uh, Quinterly, I don't even think he scored a point until you know halfway through the second half or something, but he definitely went on a personal run once he did start, like realizing he could get to the basket easily. Finished with 13 points. And, yeah, I mean, you can't just put all of this on the refs. I mean, Missouri's defense struggled, and, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot... Uh, a lot of other things that factored in Uh, Brazil barely played in this game am I thinking of the right game where he only played like 12 minutes or something like that
0: I'll tell you for sure he played 13 minutes
1: seemed like he played early and then just sat like almost the entire game came in at the very end and hit a three like a clutch three and like where was Brazil this whole game well
0: Konzo specifically said that he liked uh, having he, he sat Brazil in the second half because Alabama moved to a five guard lineup on the floor and i just disagree that i just feel like that that shouldn't matter in this situation like
1: i think they forgot he was on the bench they Forgot about him that's possible who's this guy yeah. all right we'll put him in
0: yeah um yeah they're like looking at the bench like go oh, drop on get out there uh where have you been <laughs> whoops um yeah i mean we'll talk about him more in the auburn uh recap but he's gotta be i mean how many times do i have to say this i'm a broken record he's gotta be out there 25 plus minutes i would be fine with 30
1: yeah uh i just thought of some news that we didn't mention was oh. uh sean Dura gordon yeah is, as transferred which i thought of that because why would you play a talented freshman only 12 minutes a game when you just had another freshman transfer because he wasn't getting playing time like when are you going to learn this lesson, Conzo? Like, freshmen, <laughs> like, transfer when they don't get to play. How
0: many times do we have to tell you this, old man? <laughs>
1: that's exactly what I was thinking when I said that. Um, but seriously, though, I mean, that, that's that got to be pretty fresh in your mind. Like, Sean Deere Gordon's like, I'm out because I'm not getting any playing time. And now you've got Trayvon Brazil, who it would be a much more significant loss, and he's like not, not getting enough playing time. That That scares me.
0: Yeah, and he had zero fouls on the game, so... It's not like he was in foul trouble or anything. It was literally matchup dependent. And I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I feel like Brazil can guard guards as well as Boogie Coleman, as
1: yeah.
0: well as Kobe Brown to some extent, like, like maybe 80% of what Kobe brings guarding the perimeter. I think Brazil has that honestly in his length, like covers up for if a guy gets around him he can still come from behind and get the block
1: yeah I don't I don't get that explanation at all
0: um yeah uh I guess we we talk about Sean Dury Gordon just for a little bit um yeah he was not seeing any playing time at all and although when he would get a minute here or there it was like he was hunting for a shot it seemed like which whatever I mean he was usually He was usually getting in the game because it wasn't going so well for the starters or the first couple guys off the bench so you know he's probably thinking okay i'll get in here and try to make something happen it's kind of a shame because he seemed like he had potential with his athleticism and um it looked at least in practice and some videos that i saw that he had a really good uh, shot good looking shot from three um i think maybe It looked to me in the minutes he did play, he hadn't quite caught up to the speed of college basketball yet. And that's obviously very common for freshmen. And that's what makes Trevon Brazil look so good is that he doesn't seem phased by the speed of the game and the athletes he's going up against. So, um, I would have liked to see what Sean Dura Gordon could be Mm -hmm. as a junior and senior. Um, but we'll have to keep track of him on ken bomb and see where he goes and how he does i guess yeah
1: i i I don't i personally don't really understand transferring in in his situation like mid-year um obviously which is the same situation for for every player ever is i don't know what goes on behind the scenes i don't know maybe there's there's things happening where they're they're not happy here or you know whatever maybe they want to go somewhere closer to home whatever which is a completely reasonable thing to do but if you're going elsewhere because of playing time I just think it's really hard to improve your stock whenever you leave midseason for a team you never really played for it's just hard to it's hard for another entity to be like oh yeah we want you here we want we want you to, to come to our team
0: right unless you're like a top 60 player or like a recruit coming in I mean because we, we've kind of we've seen both sides of that in recent years we saw Mario McKinney barely get playing time transfer and have to go what i, I would call down a step to uh, new mexico state but then we saw trey jackson not get much playing time at all and move w- to what is currently a better program in seton hall and That's he's true. doing pretty well there But he played a lot more than well, and he was a top 70 recruit coming right. out of high school
1: right yeah i think trey jackson had shown enough as a freshman to be like okay there's potential here sean Deer gordon did not yeah play enough to for us to see anything and I agree with you I mean yeah but
0: I feel like to your point earlier the Trey Jackson situation should be a cautionary tale of how to handle uh, Brazil
1: exactly Exactly, because Brazil is a perfect example I think of a guy that would move up if he wanted to transfer and so don't tell him I said that (laughs) but um, yeah it's uh, it's kind of I think it's kind of unfortunate that Dewar Gordon transferred but I think there's probably worse people that could leave and that opens up a scholarship for whoever may be the coach next year to do with whatever they want to do with it. And I'll just throw out uh, maybe coincidentally that Jordan Wilmore hasn't been seen in the last probably five or six games. So I don't know if the writing's on the wall Is, is there. There's
0: zero chance he's on this roster next year. That's my prediction.
1: Okay. That's pretty bold, but I probably, that's where I was getting at eventually. Yeah. So yeah, I think we'll have a couple of open scholarships.
0: Zero chance um yeah uh, what i thought you were gonna say coincidentally is uh coach at louisville chris mack formerly of xavier is leaving louisville maybe under uh, forcibly yeah maybe uh i don't know i don't know why i thought you want
1: to maybe get keep coaching somewhere or
0: probably maybe somewhere like a. we'll have to see where we'll have to see where he ends up
1: maybe just somewhere that like it has a coach opening or
0: he's familiar with the midwest that's true. I'd That's all. Him. That's all I'll say there. uh Add the list. Yeah, <laughs> um, we definitely don't have a list. No, anything. no, no, no. There's no reason to do that prematurely. Um. Alabama game, Missouri. I felt like this being on the road. I don't know. I just kind of felt like. Well, I even said it. We were watching it together, and uh, Missouri. It was up by a few with like seven minutes left, and I was like, uh, "Well, there's." Totally still time left in this game for Alabama to win this game by 10 points. Yeah. And that's exactly, like what, they exactly
1: did. what happened. I can confirm you said those exact words.
0: I'm not even trying to uh, be. You're really trying to. I'm not even trying heart. to be braggadocious here. You I'm just saying that was the feeling while watching of like, yeah, Missouri's hanging around here, but it looks like at any minute, Alabama's just going to uh, flip the switch and right. take well, over this they game. They certainly
1: have the ability to do that. And if you remember uh, Alabama game last year when both teams were really good, remember that comeback Alabama had where they just about beat us? I mean, they were down down by like 20 Mm -hmm. or more.
0: And Alabama just lost to Georgia?
1: Yeah, last night. Yeah, right before the Mizzou-Auburn game? Yeah, it makes Missouri's win against them look not as impressive.
0: Yeah. Two wins would have been pretty cool, though. Um. So anything else on that game? Let me look here. Uh, Coleman had 17 points, five of nine from three. He's looked much better lately.
1: He's looking really good.
0: Uh, This was the first of two games in a row where Kobe was a little bit quiet on offense. So that's disappointing. It's like there's very few games where we can have both the supporting cast step up and make shots and Kobe be his normal, like, you know, 15 and eight. Self. Um so you need both of those those things to happen to beat good teams. Let's see here. There, there's definitely this trend of kind of shortening the bench a little bit and playing uh, yeah. three to five guys, you know, thirty minutes plus. That's been that's been a really trend nice. that I've been happy to see. Yeah. So then. Missouri hosted the number one team in the country, the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Bruce Pearl has taken Auburn to the number one spot in the polls for the first time in their history. I believe that was said a few times on the broadcast. And we talked about last week, how they are just super balanced. They've got a really good post presence with, uh, Walker Kessler, uh, just, a, like f- freshman phenom wing in Jabari Smith. And like, we didn't really talk about all three of these guys, but they have like three point guards that can all get to the rim, shoot it, distribute, um, that are just interchangeable. And, uh, we saw KD Johnson.
1: I remember him from last year.
0: Yeah. I honestly thought, uh, window green was like a little bit more of a prominent player. I mean, they play about the same number of minutes, like green, uh, Zep Jasper, incredible name and KD Johnson Mm -hmm. kind of all play around 20 to 25 minutes a game um, at that point guard spot, basically.
1: I feel like Johnson's killed us the last few times we played him. He is a scrappy player, really annoying to play against, and he was like the X factor for them last night.
0: Yeah, this, uh, this game was very similar to the Alabama game where Missouri was just like they had a lead for pretty much all of the game and looked like they were not scared of Auburn, even with the number one ranking. And, uh, the first thing that was completely, that just like jumped out at me when I turned the game on was the student section. Holy cow. They showed up full force. I mean, if you don't show up when the number one team in the country comes to town, then you are lost, but, um, (laughs) they, they showed up, uh, I think the, the athletic department had to give away like pretty nice looking coffee mugs, um, and that, that's pretty cool but yeah uh they yeah have- i
1: mean they were walking around campus advertising themselves yeah in the, in the game and uh yeah whatever they did it really worked and uh it was awesome like you know there were certain like camera views of um i don't know like a three-point shot going in and all you could just all you saw was like a wall of mm-hmm. like students behind the basket and stuff and like there was just like not an open seat I mean, it looked, it felt like they had
0: to like, uh, they had to have like overflow for the students, yeah, like into the kind of the corners of the, yeah, it really
1: felt like, uh, you know, a game you would have watched at Missouri arena 10 years ago or something like that. It
0: it really did. And I, that stuck out to me. Like some of those back and forths, like Missouri would go like on a little mini like five Oh run Mm -hmm. and take a three point lead. And the crowd is so into it. And I just had the biggest smile on my face. Like this is so fun to watch this is the college basketball that I love. Mm -hmm. And man, it's a struggle when
1: you don't get that very often. I turned my TV up like super loud because I was just like loving the crowd noise (laughs) and everything. But the rest of the arena still wasn't very well attended. A lot of very bright yellow seats. Yeah,
0: at least it was loud because the students, you know, loud. I will always be a proponent of moving the student section to where they are on TV. Right. And if anybody's going to show up closer to the court. yeah it'll be those guys and it just looks like a more full arena Um, and if Duke can do it then there's no reason anybody else can't Um, this was a heartbreaker though and in more ways than one it was a heartbreaker because Missouri had this game like not in a way that Missouri like collapsed but they were just right there till the end making plays all the way down to Javon Pickett's three-pointer to take the lead. Uh, What was it, 51-50 at that point? I can't remember exactly. But I think that gave Missouri a one-point lead. And, uh, man, it just really looked like they were going to pull this one off. Yeah. And there were a few plays down the stretch where it looked like Auburn just blatantly got away with they got away with a travel, and they got called, or they went to the free throw line for an and-one. Yeah. That was yeah. completely unjustified.
1: Yeah, both of those plays were – what's his name, first name? Johnson? Yeah, KD. KD Johnson. Both of those plays involved him. The first one was where he bowled over Boogie Coleman, got the and-one, which, honestly, I was completely fine with that, just being a made-basket, no-call. A right. lot of Mizzou fans were saying offensive foul. I don't even know if it was that, but yeah. it, to me – it was the last thing it was was a defensive foul on Boogie. I think I would have just been completely fine with that just being a normal made basket. Yeah. And uh, uh, Boogie
0: was trying everything he could to get out of the way.
1: Yeah, he was had he his was arms like straight f- up in the air.
0: If even like falling backwards yeah, like away from him. Definitely. Avoiding contact successfully.
1: Yes. And then the in my opinion even more egregious was the following possession for Auburn was when JD er, JD Johnson. KD Johnson was driving in. He was directly under the basket. And shuffled his feet very obviously took like an entire jump and made the basket after that and didn't get called for it and that was to put Auburn up by four or five points and pretty much sealed the game for them I don't even know if they needed to score another point after that so that's pretty brutal and uh, the SEC Network on Twitter posted a video of both of those two plays I just referenced and was like oh Katie Johnson's so clutch like well actually no he traveled and he was not very clutch. Yeah. And i was glad you put this out there for everyone to see.
0: Honestly, yeah. They like queued it up perfectly to be like, yeah. And actually both of these were bad calls. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was a little bit of a wreck, uh, even right after that. So it wasn't over. Um, Missouri had a chance, um, with the ball down one and.
1: Yeah. Pickett made a really clutch three with what? 25, 30 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I- I'm honestly getting a little bit mixed up in my head, but, um, I'm just thinking of the last possession, or no, no. What am I trying to say? Uh, I'm trying. I can't
1: remember how the game actually ended. Pick, Pickett made a three. Yeah, with about thirty seconds left, and then Auburn, and then that was the last time Missouri touched the ball on offense. Yes, I'm with you. And so, so Missouri was down by one.
0: Auburn comes down and like uses almost the entire clock, and we should probably talk about whether Missouri should have fouled or not. Right. And then they miss a shot. Yep. And i'm obviously very biased but i i had a foul if the refs would have come to me i had a foul on kessler over kobe on the rebound and then the ball goes out of bounds as the clock expires and missouri doesn't get another possession
1: right yeah it was the most like perfect ending it was the most like classic thing because i mean auburn had been dominating offensive rebounds all night but yeah, there was a lot of contact under the basket after the missed shot. Uh, of course, Kessler, who has like a 10 foot wingspan, like gets a paw on the ball and just kind of it just uh, was yeah. enough to make it roll away, and that's how the game ended.
0: Yeah, Ronnie DeGray got a hand on it, couldn't couldn't corral it. Uh, you mentioned offensive rebounds, Auburn, 25 to 10. Yeah, out rebounded Missouri.
1: It felt like they were getting two or three shots at a basket every single time they had the ball down on their side of the yeah, court. Yeah, especially
0: down the stretch. Um, I was like having like a uh convulsions or something wow, like that sounds really serious yeah well it was i don't want to watch back a video of how what i did when we couldn't get that rebound oh, and I then know. the game just ended i was like losing my mind yeah was and really sad yeah that was i was yelling uh, surprised i didn't wake up the baby but uh should missouri have fouled there down by one point Uh, like five second difference between the game clock and shot clock
1: no timeouts right so I'm not sure they really had a plan going into that moment I mean Pickett made the three and then it was just right into Auburn's possession I mean there was no chance for Missouri to, to call a timeout or you know there was there was no huddle up before Auburn's next possession There was five seconds between the shot clock and the game clock in my in in retrospect, it's so easy to say Missouri should have fouled there, uh, force them f- to make free throws, and at the very worst, you're playing f- for a three-point mm-hmm. game with one possession left. Mm-hmm. In the moment, I'm thinking play defense. Yeah, and I think they did exactly what I would have done. And looking back, it looks really bad now because yep. they couldn't get the rebound and they had time to get the rebound and have five seconds five six seconds to drive the ball down but they would have obviously needed a clean clean rebound and didn't get it
0: yeah um instinctively i always kind of take the extend the game point of view um if you're down we need more possessions to try to get back in this um and and you're losing five seconds i feel like i feel like if i'm a coach I need to know ahead of time, I'm always doing the same thing in this situation. I don't think that's a thing you, you decide in the moment.
1: And Missouri's in the double bon or both teams are in the double bonus, yeah. I believe at that point, maybe. I think or it so. Or would have been a, a one and one.
0: I don't know, I'm not surely sure. not. Which
1: is, that's pretty crucial information, but I'm not sure.
0: I think I would, in the moment, as a fan watching the game on TV, I didn't, it never crossed my mind that they should foul there. I'll be completely honest, but looking back at it, I think the coaching staff needs to be ready to foul in that situation. I think five seconds is not enough. Honestly, with with no timeouts, if you have a timeout and you can secure the rebound and draw something up with five minutes or with five seconds left, then. I'm more for that. Just letting them play defense, but with no timeouts like it's going to be a scramble for a rebound you know a lot of contact yeah you're been struggling to rebound the ball but i don't know i feel like uh if i'm a coach then i maybe just do it always the same way and if it's like less than eight seconds i always foul
1: or something like like that that was like a pretty uncommon situation for whatever reason but um i agree i mean should they 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 did
0: just kind of come across unprepared like Like they weren't expecting to make a three there, and and it be a one point game.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Should they have fouled? Probably. If I, if I can like look back and then decide if I can redo the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what they should have done, and guarantee themselves another shot. Right. And uh, at the worst, they're they're going down with a chance to tie. Oh man. It, I that, that was say, a
0: that was a court storming.
1: Oh 100% 100%. and (laughs) even in a season that is pretty much lost at this point you don't have a chance to beat the number one team in the country on your home floor very often and I almost feel like that's just the saddest thing to me it was like that just would have been such a cool moment for a team that so desperately needs something right to happen and to beat the number one team on your own home floor is something that you know 20 years from now we'd probably talk we'd still be talking about is like a really fun game we remember And Missouri,
0: honestly, is not bad at home against the number one team in the country. Like, they kind of spotlighted that. I think Missouri has four wins.
1: Like, historically?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Against the number one team, which is pretty good. Um, Three of those against Kansas. Nice. Um, Okay, I'm trying to... Now, uh, we talked about the ending of the game, obviously.
1: Um, Go ahead. I was just going to throw out... I do think the refs really struggled at the end of the, the game, but I will say i felt and we had this conversation uh before we started recording but i think the refs struggled to make good calls throughout the game but it was still fairly even as opposed to the alabama game which at the alabama game uh, last week missouri there was like a foul discrepancy of like 10 to 2 at one point in the second half where missouri had 10 fouls called against them and alabama only had two that's you know that's a, a travesty 29 to 5 yes. uh, free throw attempts right but in the Auburn game it really felt like you know the fouls were being called pretty evenly they were making wrong calls sometimes but it felt pretty even which is fine that's really all I asked for
0: yeah I mean Missouri like had some calls go their way the uh the Yaya Keita block oh, call that was, that where like window green like hurt, hurt his knee for yeah. like two minutes that's pretty bad um he was clearly in the circle and moving and they Showed that replay like three times because Green got hurt and it's like quit showing that because yeah. that was obviously a bad call in Missouri's favor.
1: Yeah, uh, Kato just like sprinted down the court like after he yeah, got yeah, yeah. called, <laughs> just like I'm getting out of here. All right. Um, anyways, all that to say, uh, it did feel like Auburn got the calls or the no calls when it really really mattered in the most pivotal time of the game, and that's just that was backbreaking. And uh, But I know, obviously, Missouri could have done more to win the game. They, they had a stretch where they were really bad offensively in this game, like didn't make a basket for like six or seven minutes of game yeah, time or something.
0: Right. A field goal. I think they had made a, uh, made a couple free throws. But, yeah, I mean, that's always going to happen with this Missouri team. Uh, I just hope it's less than five minutes, but often it's six, seven minutes. Um, something that I noticed throughout was Auburn's defense was like playing – on-ball pressure like past the three-point line and Missouri was able to kind of get behind them and get to the rim fairly easily multiple times where it just looked like maybe Auburn Auburn's defense was like overextending itself a little bit and it wasn't exactly a backdoor cut but uh, Missouri offensive player would just find themselves behind the defense a little bit and be able to make a play. Uh, Pickett had a couple runners in the lane where I was like Oh, that can't be a good a high percentage shot. But they went down a couple times. Uh, Kobe made some clutch like two point jumpers. Um, Amari Davis had a really nice play where he was coming across like the free throw line, caught the ball in stride, nailed a two pointer. Um, but last thing I want to say about the officiating is it did seem like Auburn's defense was way more physical on the perimeter than Missouri's defense, and I think, I think. I'm comfortable saying that this is a trend that I've seen with the Conzo Martin, Missouri teams. They play to not let you drive past them and they play to kind of pack the paint and not give up layups, especially from like the top of the key and other coaches just have a very different defensive philosophy. It seems like some of the time, and I'm thinking about a Bruce Pearl or, um, um, like a Bob Huggins or somebody like that that's just they are coaching their guys to be in your face on the perimeter constantly and it's not the end of the world if your guy gets around you basically and they were so physical so handsy I felt like even though the fouls were even that was to Missouri's disadvantage because they just aren't as, as physical on the perimeter
1: yeah I think that's a good point because I do feel like it looks like the Mizzou players are instructed like do not let this player get around you and yeah. so whenever they're trying to keep that from happening that's when they have those like unnatural looking like reach in fouls where they're trying to keep the guy in front of them right. and they get called for that stuff all the time Yeah, and they should right? in my opinion Yeah.
0: Uh, now that I'm thinking about it Drew Smith was a player that when when he figured out that the refs were letting you be physical on the perimeter he would dial it up a notch and be like, okay, I'm going to get four steals this game because I'm just going to be relentless and handsy and body the guy, like, around the three-point line. And uh, Missouri just doesn't have the guards, the defensive guards this year that are quick enough to do that um, against opposing point guards. Um, Javon Pickett with a very good game, though. 17 points, two for three from three. Um, Still kind of this trend of... Missouri not shooting too many three-pointers that I'm so happy to see. They've kind of uh, curbed that a little bit.
1: Yeah, it does kind of feel like they're finding an identity a little bit. Amari uh, Davis has looked pretty nice recently. It looks like he's maybe gaining some confidence. Obviously, Boogie Coleman has has really been stuff on the stat sheet recently. Um,
0: Kobe, though, I said it and when we were talking about the Alabama game. this So this was two games in a row, uh, single-digit points in, like, you know 30 plus minutes yeah at least he had 11 rebounds in this one
1: yeah DeGray uh he's kind of d- doing the dirty work still has has some good moments but yeah we really still just need a more reliable scorer from somewhere and uh or some guy that can shoot that can stretch the defense a little bit and that seems like a pretty pretty obvious thing this team lacks and we've known that all season yeah
0: uh, distributing ball handler would go a long way too <laughs> that <laughs> they okay. call those point
1: guards point guard yes <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: All right. So now Missouri is eight and 11 overall two and five in the sec. They're, uh, ranked 131 in Kim 176 on offense, 120 on defense. Um, a great improvement though, after the Texas A&M loss, uh, going into the Ole miss game, they were 172. So three games later, uh, jumped up 41 spots
1: wish we could play umkc again
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh how did we lose to umkc and then almost beat the number one team in the country on the same floor in the same season
0: those transfers it just took them that's, a while to gel
1: that's part of it but they somehow fell asleep on the second game of the year <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's a head scratcher it's one i mean we've talked about it before it's, that's the type of the game where No matter what happens the rest of the way, that's, you know, you'd have to have a miraculous stretch uh, at the end of the season to get on the NCAA bubble with a loss like that on your resume. Um, This week we have the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. Missouri goes on the road to play Iowa State. Um, This is obviously, since they're in the Big 12, not a team that a lot of Mizzou fans are going to be familiar with. And yet again, just my pet peeve of playing the same teams over and over again. We've played Iowa State two other times already in, like, the last four years. Yeah. So here we go
1: again. And this is weird because this was a team that was pretty bad last year, like really bad, and all of a sudden are really good this year. I mean, they've, they've yeah. cooled off a little bit.
0: Right. But they, they might hold Missouri to, like, four. Yeah, 49 points yeah
1: oh, this could definitely be one of those games where missouri just scores like seven points in the first like half first half of the first half <laughs> yeah first 10 minutes they call that <laughs>
0: uh or quarter
1: even quarter first quarter yeah um yeah it's Iowa State like 32 to 7
0: iowa state sixth in the country in defensive efficiency um number four in defensive turnover per- percentage number six in defensive 3 point percentage allowed uh 14th in steel percentage and 15th in non-steal turnover percentage. So no matter what you're doing, they're going to make you turn over your the ball. You're
1: turning the ball over. Who is their coach?
0: Their coach is TJ otzelberger
1: Wh- What is who is that?
0: Uh previously of South Dakota State and UNLV. Okay. This is his first season at Iowa State.
1: Wow. Oh my word. Yeah, that, I mean that is that is everything you dream of whenever you get a new coach.
0: So yeah, Iowa State last year was two and twenty-two on the season with a conference record of zero and eighteen. So yeah, they were not good.
1: <laughs> what?
0: So Steve Prom was fired. Believe it or not.
1: What? are they in Kempom now? Like top thirty?
0: Thirty-one. They started the season like one thirteen, and now they're and now they're thirty-one.
1: That's like a fairy tale, yeah. Almost,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. They started the season twelve and zero. Um, they had pretty good wins over Xavier, Memphis, Creighton, Iowa. Uh, some of those on the road. Uh, since Big Twelve play started, they are two and five in their last seven games. Uh, lost close loss to Baylor. Close loss, one point loss to Kansas. Um, and then they beat uh, Texas tech and Texas to top 15 teams. So I'd say they're legit. Just the big 12 is a yeah, it's, stacked it's conference.
1: Really oh uh, yeah. Missouri's going to get smoked in this game. Absolutely smoked.
0: <laughs> it is on the road. Um,
1: yeah. Honestly, like Auburn was one of those games where it was like, I can see a scenario where Missouri makes this game close. We talked about that last week. This game. I don't, I don't f- have that same sentiment. Yeah.
0: I will be pretty surprised and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have to take everything back if Missouri keeps this one close. If if they go on the road to Iowa State and like have a chance to win this down the stretch, that'll
1: I mean, I think we could say this team is for sure better. Yes. Like, and you could probably already say that. Yeah. But you could say this team has a chance to be decent right. if, if you know everybody stays on board next year. I I think we're like kind of moving to that point. We we're, we're being in games with good teams like if we continue to do that but this this game I just I just don't know if I see it
0: yeah Um, Iowa State doesn't play a lot of players Um, they really rely on three guys Um, one of them is a freshman Tyrese Hunter Uh, he is a point guard he's really really good plays a ton of minutes um, has one of the better assist rates in the country Um, he's also uh, pesky on defense gets a ton of steals so he will be a problem Um, they're not an incredible three point shooting team. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but, uh, see if I can pronounce this guy's name, Gabe Cal I don't know. He's a senior guard. Uh, he takes uh, a lot of threes. He's shot 103 threes on the season, but only shooting 26%. So it's kind of a guy that could get hot at any moment. And we hope it doesn't come in this game. But, yeah, I got to agree with you. Like I said, uh, Iowa State's defense is incredible. They play really, really good defense at home, especially. Um, The crowd will be all in on this one. I hope Missouri scores at least 50 points. (laughs) Uh, After that, Missouri plays Florida. So it is at home. This is the kind of game where you, you need to hang around. You need to have a chance to win this game. Um, there's not that many conference games left in the grand scheme of things. We're over halfway through the overall season. It is almost February. So if this Missouri team wants to take a step to not be in the bottom four of the conference come sec tournament time, this is the kind of game you need to be competitive in and have a chance to win. Uh, Florida's pretty well-rounded a little bit of a disappointing season, probably for their standards. They did just lose to Ole Miss on the road um, and only scored 54 points in that game. So that's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, Missouri's in that stretch where if they don't beat Florida, I mean, they might lose seven or eight in a row because they're it's just a really difficult stretch where they're in, and we knew that coming into the year. I mean, we, we picked the game – or we picked the schedule game by game, and I remember the stretch was like, oh, man, they could seriously lose like 10 here if, you know – If they don't figure out how to win some of the games, they they have to pull out, and this is definitely one where I think they have to beat Florida at home, especially with Florida kind of slumping lately.
0: Yeah, Florida's decent, though. 44th in Kimpom, 55th on
1: offense, 44th on defense. It's kind of a... They're doing like a little bit of a transfer experiment, kind of like Missouri did this year, where they really went out and got some of the best transfers off in the market last year. I remember they were just pulling everybody. I mean, obviously Brandon McKissick is one of those guys mm-hmm. that Missouri was in on and, and maybe even was down to their, his final two is Missouri and Florida and uh, you know, high volume, like three point shooter at, was he at UMKC?
0: Mm, yeah, I think so.
1: And, uh, I mean, they have some other really talented, like high scoring mid major guys that they pulled. So it seems like one of those, uh, it seemed like one of those teams that could really put it together as the season went on, but it, I feel like they've actually done the opposite.
0: Yeah, they have a transfer uh, pl- uh, from Charleston Southern named Philandris Fleming. Uh, Philandris with a PH. Philandris oh, okay. Fleming. I thought that
1: was a double F. No. Philandris. Philandris. That's Philandris a great name Fleming. either way. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah he's uh, one of the better offensive players shooting 33% from three. Um, gets the free throw line a lot. from the free throw line uh he's kind of like a hybrid guard wing player blocks blocks a lot of shots gets a lot of offensive rebounds um yeah one of their higher usage guys and of course they still have Colin Castleton who's he's the villain yeah he's kind of annoying to play against but uh, it's always nice to have somebody to root against Mm -hmm. he's having a pretty decent season um yeah Brandon McKissick actually disappointing I think for Florida this year um, sub 100 offensive rating so below average uh, what's he shooting from three 25 percent mm-hmm. on 72 attempts mm-hmm. not great still scoring around the rim though really well and uh, high steals guy along with uh, fellow guard Tyree Appleby he uh, is another senior he transferred two years ago to Florida from Cleveland State so that's that's college basketball now though i mean half a team's roster played somewhere else usually
1: um i don't know mike white is his uh seat a little hot
0: Uh, i wouldn't think so maybe hot's too Mm -hmm. extreme yeah maybe a little bit warm i i'm not up to date on what their like incoming recruits look like but yeah
1: does it matter what they look like
0: no matters what they play basketball like (laughs) which is what i meant (laughs) Um, they honestly m- probably are not going to make the NCAA tournament this year. I mean, they'll, they'll be kind of probably a bubble team. Yeah. And they'll be one of those high major teams that gets their spot taken by a conference tournament. Upset. Or
1: they'll be one of those high major teams that steals a spot from some, <laughs> some deserving mid major. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll, they'll <laughs> get in with like double digit losses just because they're Florida. <laughs>
0: they'll be like, uh, they'll play in the play in game and then also make the elite <laughs> eight <or laughs> yeah, something. as an 11 seed. Yes. Yeah. You yeah.
1: yeah, remember we said that. <laughs>
0: we just like <laughs> predicted, we predicted both it. extremes exactly um yeah i mean mike white I, c- it's hard to the like frame of reference for a mizzou fan of like what other teams should do with their head coaches is a little bit confusing sometimes but uh they've been to the, they would have gone to the canceled ncaa tournament for sure um that would have been five tournaments in six seasons for him before this year
1: like a seven-ish seed last year yep
0: seven seed they were a four seed his second year made it to the elite eight they have not lost in the first round in any of his Hmm. four trips to the NCAA tournament
1: well sometimes those expectations that a program like that can be inflated especially for coaches that have been there for a little while sometimes it seems like the leash can be a little shorter for a down year if you've been there for four or five years so yeah i would say say this is a critical year yeah yeah
0: the way this season is going if it continues like exactly like it is um and they don't make the ncaa tournament then i would say next year is a make or break season for mike white
1: i think mizzou's gonna win this game oh i like your i like your optimism they'll win 73 to 70
0: i don't want to bring any negativity in so i'll just agree with you tell the truth I think they're gonna win 73 to 70 um I hope they do anything else hopefully we have some good officiating in these games hopefully the big 12 refs are uh even keel but I don't know I might I, that's gonna be an ugly game yeah But looking forward to the Florida game at home yeah honestly I think that's it all right well, a uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Luis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsel. That, that list is getting long. Mm. I love it. it. It can get longer. Feel free.
1: Yeah, just a beautiful group of young men. Um, thank you, everybody. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, And you can email us at Sports sportspod at gmail.com and i just remembered something but go ahead and do your part
0: i did it's up to cameron uh you can find our
1: stickers on our online shop no t-shirts because they're sold out thank you guys for all that we're working on getting some more missouri com and one more thing hopefully you're still listening i gotta give a shout out to eddie rose on twitter um he for a shout out and uh, he's a loyal Twitter follower and uh, always has some, always has some takes for us. so appreciate your, uh, your engagement Eddie hope you're having a good day.
0: Shout out to Eddie. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.